Praise the Lord, Bridgeway Community Church. It is so good to be able to worship the Lord right here, right now, in your homes. Today is a very special Sunday because we call it the end of the year wrap-up. Our theme for the year has been stay in focus, and many of you have these wristbands. The key verse is from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, which says to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Have you been able to stay in focus this year? Well, as a ministry, we have, and in many of your lives, you have felt the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace in the midst of a very, very difficult pandemic. What a ministry year it has been. And so our message is a little different today. I will invite our clergy up in just a few minutes to reflect on the ministry year and what we've experienced as a church. Before we do, let me open in a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Father, as we think about being one in Christ and fulfilling the prayer that you prayed, the longest prayer of, of you, Jesus, uh, recorded in scripture, that we would be one. We pray, God, that we would continue to strengthen the bonds of peace among us. And also, Lord, continue to give us wisdom through today's message, this end of the year wrap up. We commit our church and every listener, every attender, every person engaging in the chat boxes and sitting around in their living room on the big screens. Lord, would you just captivate our hearts even as you have through worship already? For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. I'd like to highlight a word that I think captures what has happened over the pandemic year, and that is the word pivot. A lot of us have had to pivot because our world changed right before our very eyes. That word means to turn or to rotate like a hinge. One definition says that it's to swivel or it's the one central thing that everything else depends on when you pivot. In basketball, which I used to play when I was younger, you know, to pivot meant that you would rotate from one place to the other, but you had one foot planted and you could not move that one foot that was planted. So you could move in different directions, but you couldn't move away from that planted foot or there would be a penalty, a foul, if you will. So what is the true hinge that we hold on to? What is the one central thing that we depend on? What is the foot planted when it comes to the Christian church? And specifically, many of us have had to figure it out. And as a church, we had to figure it out. And we made a very quick pivot from in-person services to online services, which a lot of churches across the country had to do. Some made that pivot slower than others. Others made it very, very quickly. But it wasn't just for churches. It was for businesses. It was for organizations. Everybody had to figure out, how are we going to pivot during this pandemic time? So what is that hinge? What is that one central thing that you depend on even as you flex what, what is that foot-planted position that you don't move from, even though you may swivel, rotate, and turn? Well, for Bridgeway, we know what our purpose is. We know what our mission is. It's to build into one another as we build bridges 
to our community to build into one another as we build bridges to our community. And we had been seeking that purpose and seeking to accomplish that mission to become the vision that God has always called us to be in the 29 years we've been a public ministry. And that is to, to be a multicultural body of fully devoted followers of Christ who are moving forward in unity and in love to reach our community, our culture, and our world for Jesus Christ. So our foot's been planted on that for a long time. But we realize that methods have to change. We, we realize that because culture changes and because the winds of change blow throughout the world and throughout the generations, while your foot may be planted on a, a strong purpose and while we may want to reach people for Christ, the, the methods of doing that have to be different. And sure enough, for many of us, we had learned personally about the importance and the strength of family or the lack thereof, the importance, the strength of faith or the lack thereof, the importance and the strength of flexibility or, or the lack thereof. And churches in America, in-person services dropped 60% from the year prior to that. And, and church attendance online tripled. And for small businesses, more than 100,000 small businesses closed their doors by October 2020 because maybe they weren't able to pivot. Unfortunately, many churches closed as well. And so we as a body of believers had to think this through. And even personally, some of you had to figure out, how do I deal with my money now? How do I deal with my future now? Everything has changed. My major may not actually be uh, needed anymore from, from school. And the ministry that I was a part of no longer needs my services because everything's going online. Now people who have been trained to do online and technical stuff, are, are, you can hardly find them because they're so busy. And so what do you do? When God calls you to, to pivot, well, you've got to be flexible and, and you've got to move. You've also got to learn. I think some of you learned that you could gain money during the pandemic. You didn't realize the money that you had until you realized you, you couldn't get a haircut. You couldn't get a manicure. You couldn't get a pedicure. You stopped eating out regularly and frequenting Starbucks and, and Dunkin' Donuts and other things that you were spending money on that was actually siphoning right from your account. And you realized, wow, I guess I do spend a lot on this. And maybe I don't need all this. And so now as we come out of the pandemic, we start asking the question, how important was that anyway? And a lot of people are looking at their priorities and changing and thinking through, now what does my post-pandemic life look like? And what does my post-pandemic faith look like? How does it express itself now as it is different than maybe before? We also learned because of all of the tension that was taking place socially and racially and politically, we were learning that the people who we loved, who we worshiped with, who we ate dinner with, who we worked next to, who we thought, thought like us, we found out during the pandemic that what they were saying in our face is not what they were portraying on social media. And so all of a sudden you started to see two different people, the person in front of me and the person who they are in their social media. And as a brother and I were talking just last night, does your faith line up 
when it comes to what you betray as a believer publicly and then what you betray online. Because guess what? Everyone can find you out now online. So no matter what you say, praise the Lord, victor's crown, and all of a sudden they see your Facebook page and it looks like you don't even have a relationship with the God of love and kindness and joy and gentleness. And then you began to endorse people who have lives that are absolutely opposite of the very Jesus you love, the very faith you love, and you begin to see that people are more connected to their policies than the person of Jesus. I, I think I've begun preaching already. It's not in my notes, but I think it's important for us because as we think about what it means to be post-pandemic believers, we've got to ask ourselves the question, how do we live out Followers of Christ who are trying to maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace at Bridgeway, man. We, we pivoted, not on a dime, but on a declaration. I remember Frank Heastam and, and Tim Samuel and, and myself and others, we made this decision to close down the building. We would say, the church is the people not the building, and ministry is still open and not closed. And it wasn't just linguistics. It was what we really believed. Ministry is not closed at Bridgeway. We are still doing ministry. And even ministry that we've never done before in ways we've never done before. We hung in there and lived out our mission through the pandemic. And I'm so proud of you because many of you held on to that theme. Stay in focus, stay in focus. And I just want to pause and say thank you to all of you who have served, given, prayed, encouraged, helped us as a church be what God has called us to be. Not to mention we made some decisions to future fit our Columbia campus. Remember, we had moved in there back in 2006. And this was the first time we'd be able to renovate it, future fit it, so that we can actually do more ministry for the years to come. And I remember I came to you in December of, of 2020. I believe it was 2020, and I, and I gave us like five weeks. Maybe it was October, November. Gave us about five weeks to raise $500,000 because we knew it would cost $2.5 million to do the inside renovations for phase one. Another $2.5 million to do the outside renovations for phase two. By the way, we're still in the middle of phase one. We're almost done. So for those of you who've been waiting for the Columbia campus uh, for our vision message in September, the second Sunday in September, uh, that's when we're going to be coming back in uh, to the Columbia uh, campus. So get ready. Get ready for that. And then we'll start phase two after that and start working on the outside. But we needed 500000 because we had already saved $2 million. So all we needed was 2.5. And so I said, we need 500,000. Well, guess what? You didn't give 500,000. You gave $750,000. Wow. Thank you. But more than thank you, what is God doing? How in the world in the middle of, of thousands of small businesses closing and churches closing and people without jobs, how could that happen? 
above and beyond your regular giving. And can I talk to you just a minute about your regular giving? I mean, more than a third of pastors reported lower giving. About a quarter reported higher giving. And so what happened with you? Well, let me just give you a few numbers before I invite the clergy to come up. In May 2021, just a month ago, our percentage of the offering goal that we hit was 99.4%. Amazing. During the COVID era, you know, from March 2020 to June 2021 right now, our offering goal, guess what? 99.7% of our offering goal. This is your regular giving above and beyond the special giving for the renovation. That's, that's crazy. I'll give you one more. Our fiscal year to date, that's from basically July 1 for the whole fiscal year. Are you ready? 100.3% of our offering goal. That's ridiculous. Like, like I never got that in 29 years of y'all coming in the building to church. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, God, What are you doing? Well, listen, I just want to pause and say thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm also going to invite up now our clergy, and I want to just uh, give really a hand and uh, some thanksgiving to them because they've walked with me, they've walked with you, and they've done their best to serve you during this pandemic as well. So they'll come on up on the stage. I'll, I'll come up over here, and as they take their places, you'll remember some of their faces because we've done some of these clergy sessions before as I have uh, shared the stage with my brothers and my sisters and have learned from them and have been blessed because of them. It's just been wonderful to have them uh, serve us uh, by bringing the word of God, by praying for you, by being in, literally in the lives of of your, your hearts, baptizing and, and walking, walking with you and asking God to be with you as they've had to deal with their own emotions, their own loss, their own pivoting, and yet they're thinking about you. They're praying for you. They're showing up in places where you wondered if anybody else cared. And so I'm just grateful to each and every one of you as I see your faces and uh, have been able to meet with you once a month as a team and individually uh, and personally, thank you for the service that you have given to the Lord uh, through this year of transition. Every one of you had to pivot. Every one of you had to pivot. And everybody doesn't pivot well. I mean, you're a basketball player, right? I mean, your kids are basketball players. Uh, explain for a second, Pastor Jared. I, I kind of said it, but uh, you being like a coach and all, tell us what pivoting, pivoting really means when it comes to this basketball thing and what happens when you don't do it right. Yeah, well, when you don't do it right, it's a travel. So it's a violation the other team gets the ball. When you do it right, I mean, you can use it to your advantage to get by another player, to fake another player, to move the defense out of your way so you can move forward. Wow, so you said that a whole lot better than me, man. I like that. Go ahead. If you do it right, you can even throw the defense off. Come on, somebody. I like that. But if you do it wrong, it's a penalty, and now the other team uh, can get the ball. Wow, that's great. Well, Jared, let me just ask you, you know, as you reflect on us staying in focus and followers of Christ who, who are united in the spirit, 
Uh, is there a particular time uh, throughout the year where you felt like that theme uh, was motivating or you saw that it actually mattered to us this year? Yeah, there were a few times uh, through missions ministry meetings where I saw unity across countries where we were able to come together with people from Mexico, Peru, Kenya, with people from Bridgeway, and we could pray together, we could worship together, we could spend time together. So there was unity beyond our, our locale here mm. to around the world as we pursued God together. Wow. Anybody else with regard to the theme? Maybe you saw that theme come alive in your life and the lives of the people that you were uh, serving or any stories like that. Is there anybody where the theme has been inspiring or motivating? Ronald? I'll go ahead and speak. Um, just, it, we saw it earlier in, in one of the videos where, where Derek said, you know, it feels like more of a home right now that we're coming back together. It's funny, it felt more like a home when we were a little separated from me. I'll tell you why. Um, because my family in particular and some, some other uh, members of the worship ministry went through some really hard times. And I have seen this church, the leadership, you guys, uh, Dr. Anderson, show up like family like never before. Um, so when you talk about unity in the spirit, I've, I've experienced that firsthand. Um, it, this year, as I lost my grandmother um, and uh, my, uh, our intern, Amy, lost her dad. I mean, there, I can go on and on, but God has shown up not just through his spirit, but through his people. And I, I, I just want to tell you guys, I'm very, very grateful. Hmm. Yeah. So were you able to experience then community within the music ministry? Are they, uh, even though we haven't had choir for, I don't know how long has it been, over a year maybe, but have they been able to somehow experience unity even through COVID? Oh, most definitely. Well, uh, first of all, when, when COVID hit, we were like, okay, how are we going to still connect? So every Thursday when we were supposed to have rehearsal, we would have like uh, Google Hangouts. And basically, these Google Hangouts would be uh, people come in, and if this is your week to serve, you, you come in and you talk to your team and just to catch up, and we would pray for each other. Not just that, you know, with the worship ministry, we, along with the tech ministry and the drama ministry, we never stopped. So we were every Sunday... Um, uh, recording worship experiences, and I will declare right now, the worship ministry of Bridgeway Community Church will never be the same. God did something in uh, the quarantine period that we had where we could just come in and just worship freely. I'm telling you, when you come back to church, you'll, you won't even recognize the worship ministry, like on fire for God. So uh, I'm grateful for that pivoting time because it allowed us to actually redirect some of our focuses and focus on him a little bit more. And you really weren't just singing for the cameras. No, no. Y'all were actually worshiping. Definitely, definitely. To the point where, like, they would say, cut, and we're still going on. It's like <laughs> Nobody in the room but y'all. Nobody in the room and the but Lord. us and him. Yeah. Singing to an audience of one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? I think that, that comes through our television screens and our phones. Like, yeah. you can be caught up in a moment right there and right then because of what you guys, what you guys are doing. Amen. Any other reflections just on the year, on the ministry year, or stories or highlights of what God may have been doing in you or doing in, in our ministry? Pastor Gary? Pastor, I love uh, this idea of pivot because as you reminded us, the mission doesn't change, the message doesn't change, but the methods may change. 
And uh, we had some moments that remind me of Acts chapter 8 when Philip baptized the Ethiopian just on the road. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we could not have baptism services. And yet we had people who wanted to be fully devoted followers of Christ. And we wanted to yeah. help them identify with Jesus through belief in baptism. So what do you do? Well, you go down to the Patapsco River or you go to the Centennial Lake or you find a hot tub somewhere and you baptize <laughs> people in unique ways. So that, that pivot experience um, helped me to understand that crisis promotes and provokes creativity. Yeah. And so that was uh, one of the most special things for me this year. Well, and Pastor Gary, you really took that on to pivot. Like you didn't stop. You didn't say, well, boy, you know, we've been doing traditional ministry for so long. Just, if you just wait a year, we can dunk you. I mean, you found ways uh, in your ministry to say, we're going to continue the work of Christ. And you were doing that and still doing that with a, a Bible study you do on Fridays. Tell us about that for a second. Well, when we were meeting face to face at 630 in the morning on Fridays, uh, it was we were only able to have maybe 10 or 12 guys uh, in the room. It was, it's just tough to get up and get out. And when we went, had to go virtual, uh, again, our life group doubled. And it was an opportunity where men who were feeling isolated had an opportunity to connect and to practice the one another's of encouraging one another and praying for one another and uh, bearing one another's burdens. Mm. And so, uh, again, our small group ministry was uh, vibrant and thrived even during the pandemic. Yeah, and you, you weren't the only one. I know there have been small groups. I've been listening to people talk about their life groups. And my, my sister, uh, Sandra, has a life group. It seems so vibrant, Educators for Christ. And uh, there's so many different groups. And you, you oversee inReach as a pastor. And so if there was ever a time when we needed, like, inReach, right, where we needed the body to truly uh, minister one to another, this was the time because we didn't have a lot of other stuff that we could rely on, but those relationships that have been established uh, could now comfort one another, care for one another, instruct one another, uh, and counsel and coach people in ways that we hadn't been here either. That's the thing about shepherds, Christian shepherds. You know, our, our ultimate shepherd, he's the great I am, so he, he's already been there in the future. For us, we're trying to shepherd people through the same thing. Now listen, if we have a pandemic later, we, we got this thing down. We're like, yeah, you know, we've been through this before. Let me tell you what to do. But none of us had been through it before. So we're trying to shepherd other people while we go through it at the same time, which is the burden in some ways of being a true minister uh, of, of Christ. And uh, Pastor Mitch, I know that you had um, and still have, along with I think Braxton Young, this fellowship of men. But yeah, how do you minister while you need to be ministered to? <laughs> Well, I think uh, what happened is the ministry ministered to the minister. There's a lot of minister words in there. But, um, yeah, so uh, a number of us got together, like, well, four or five of us just for a check-in, right? And it was really good. And they said, let's do this again. And they said, let's do this again. And they said, hey, let's invite some more people. So we're still going strong. It's just meant to be a shot in the arm. It's meant to be a blesser, not a stressor. But we usually have about 24 to 36 guys jumping on Wednesdays. And something really cool happened this past Friday. Pastor Steve's a part of that, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. We have a whole, like, a leadership team developed, you know. So these guys have been looking at each other on the screen. Some of them have never met each other. 
and others hadn't seen each other in over a year. And Friday night, we went to Pastor Steve's house in his backyard in the rain, right, under the tents. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, and there were 21 guys that uh, got together. We laughed. We encouraged each other. We prayed together, and we ate lots of barbecue. Yeah. So um, I think going through the pain um, myself and the pain of loss uh, tenderized my heart even more. Um, mm. I mean, I was, I've always kind of been a softy, you know, um, I cry at McDonald's commercials, you know, that kind of thing. But, <laughs> but, but seriously, um, never understood the level of care that is needed. And Pastor David um, kind of put a little challenge out to our clergy after I returned um, from uh, a little bit of a break in ministry. And he said, listen, guys, listen, ladies, we can, we can get good teaching anywhere, but you can't get good shepherding just anywhere. And so that really helped me turn it up, and it freed me up to get, uh, let some of the ad ministry go and really lean into the people side of ministry. Mm, yeah, how powerful is that? And I just want to say thanks, church. I've said it before. I want to keep saying it. Thanks for being the church to uh, me and my family as, uh, you know, COVID took some people from us, um, my dad and my, and my son and, and some others. But uh, COVID also brought people to us, did too. You know, I got, I've got granddaughters. Yeah, so that's How pretty cool. That? I know I'm too young for that, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Any other uh, thoughts and reflections on how this ministry year has really uh, been an encouragement or what you've learned, Pastor Jen? <clears throat> well, um, I, I didn't understand the word pivot. You know, like, what does that mean? I mean, is it basketball, like, like you said? But um, hang on. Jarrett? Can you show him pivot? All right, come on, hang on. So just to make sure we understand this. I do, I do play basketball. Oh, you do? But that's okay. But we got, well, now we're going to do it, though. You, you done put it out there. Okay, so, so what's pivoting? So if I have the ball, I can move as much as I want as long as this foot stays still. So uh -huh. that's my pivot foot. That's your pivot foot. So if you're defending me, I can try to get you out of the way. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, I see that. Okay, all right, we got it now. All right, good job, Pastor Jerry. Okay. But I think that the concept of a pivot happened to me uh, as, as a pastor. Uh, I remember uh, looking back, uh, there was a time, uh, I think it was Christmas Day or just after the Christmas Day. And, you know, uh, the care ministry got the request of uh, uh, Rachel Maruka is the one who organized all the time. I mean, she's a great leader. So she sent me a card saying, Pastor, I think we need to reach out to this person. Uh, as, and I said, you know, it's Christmas time, right? And, and they said, no, we, but situation is desperate. So we called, and what happened was she got into a car accident on a, probably the Christmas Eve. And no one was there. Uh, her family was, <clears throat> she, I think she only had one son, but he, he was also in the hospital. So no one was there. So I said, uh, you know, I have people coming over. You know, I got a dinner set up. So I, I share with, <clears throat> with my wife. I said, I'll, I'll be back. And uh, so went down to Johns Hopkins. And uh, I, I didn't even know we could get in because of COVID. But, you know, having the, the pastors, uh, the card, you know, I was able to, to visit. Went up there. And, and I'm thinking about, wow, you know, I, I need to get back. Uh, to home by five or something like that. Uh, as soon as I walked in, <laughs> there was this lady, uh, uh, our church members, 
she was all by herself and the tubes going through her nose and uh, uh, you, you know it's, it's like you know you know I was thinking about okay what kind of verses should I should I share and, and how should I pray that all goes out out the window it's a pivoting time I just went up there and said uh, hey are you uh, are you okay? And she was waking up, and she looked at me and said, who are you? <laughs> uh, so I said, well, uh, I, I said, Pastor <clears throat> Dr. Anderson sent me to greet you. And I said, our pastor? Of course, I lied, but it, that's... Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and she started crying. And uh, I, you know... Something happens to me, and I, 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 I can't help it but to, to, uh, to cry with her, you know, and, and to pray. I don't even know what I pray, but I just mm. pray with her. And um, it was hard for me to leave that room because, you know, here I am. You know, my family's coming over, and I'm having a great, you know, thinking about having a great dinner. And here she is, fifth floor of Johns Hopkins. No one's there except the nurse going by, and and uh, she's broken her her uh, ribs and her, her arms. Um, and what really got got to me was before I leave the, left the room, she said, uh, "Can you say uh, my greetings to Dr. Anderson?" And I said, "Shoot, you know." And I said, "I'll, I'll make sure. I'll tell them that uh, that you said hi." So I got home, and uh, I emailed to you. Uh, but I couldn't, you know, that was a pivoting moment for me. Like, yeah, the church is all about people. I mean, our church is huge, right? We got so many programs going, so many different leaders. But it comes down to that one person. Um, and uh, that, that made me hold. Different. And that's why you need a clergy team, right? I mean, this is, this is what uh, Bridgeway, what God has blessed you with. God has blessed you with not just a, a senior pastor, but a whole team of people who have been called and anointed to, to love on you. We don't always get it right, but we try. And if we could be in every hospital room and every home and in every, every um, grieving person's arms, we would. Um, but this is why we need you to be the church. And when I get back from my summer break, I'm gonna do my Old Testament character study, which I believe God is giving me now. Uh, and then we're gonna have our, our Vision Sunday, the second Sunday in September. And our goal is going to be to do our best to multiply ministry in this place. And we'll talk more about that. But team, as you reflect on the scriptures and the sermons and the ministry over the last year. Was there any particular scripture or, or sermon that really touched your heart? Pastor Sandy, who, by the way, thank you for, uh, for teaching us throughout the year for, you know, she's our associate pastor of discipleship and her along with uh, some of the other clergy members are really trying to focus in and zero in on how can we best disciple, which means grow up uh, the, the believers in our church. So thank you for your heart for evangelism and discipleship. It's my pleasure to serve God in that capacity. And I'm always just humbled that God would, would use this vessel 
to communicate such an important message, the most important message that I think people will ever hear. Well, you know, there were many sermons that impacted me, but one scripture comes to mind, and um, that is 1 Peter 3.15. It says, uh, and this is the ESV version, it says, in your hearts, honor Christ. Always be ready to give a defense. And that word defense in Greek, apologia, that's where we get apologetics from. Uh, For the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. And so the hope that we have, the foundation of that hope we have, of course, is in Christ Jesus. And my hope and just praying for our church is that people see that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' love and righteousness. And that Mm. people know that Christ is the solid rock that we stand on. So in our hearts, um, we, we revere and we honor Christ and we stand on that hope but we have to be ready more than ever to give a reason or defense for the hope that we have because there have been so many messages that have been um, just shared through the airwaves, through, through social media um, that are not reflective of Christ. And so I've had so many opportunities yeah. to share Christ with people and to have that dialogue with gentleness and respect which sometimes in our day uh, of present is sometimes lacking. Uh, But to sit down and to hear um, where someone is coming from spiritually, even if I don't agree, but just to listen to where they're coming from um, so that I can tell them that Jesus is the only hope that we have. And here's why I believe that uh, personally. But also this year, um, you know, there have been so many people who have, left this world. And I felt a sense of conviction. How much am I sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ in every situation? Am I always responsive when the Holy Spirit whispers, tell them about Jesus, tell them about Jesus. And so I hope that in this coming ministry year and through our discipleship efforts with Wednesday Night Alive, that uh, we encourage people to be more of not just showing the compassion, which is so important. The thing is, anyone can be compassionate. Even the most ardent atheist can be loving and compassionate. But we have the message of salvation. So let's use our actions and our words, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God to share the hope that we have and the reason for it. That's so so very good. Uh, What about the rest of you? Pastor David Heiliger, a scripture, sermon, message that God has really been showing you throughout the year? Yeah, well, it's found in the theme verses uh, that you presented for us, right? So uh, when we talk about keeping the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, right before that, it says that we should bear with one another in love. And I think as I hear these stories and what, what God's done this past year, what we're seeing is this bearing with one another. I know if you're anything like me, you've gone through things this year that you've needed somebody to come alongside of you and bear that burden with you. Mm. Like you couldn't have gotten through it alone. And we've seen our church rise up in a, in a way where we are actually bearing with one, one another through these bonds of love. And so for me, I've, 
I've been encouraged by that because that's been uh, not just something that I've noticed, you know, that people have been bearing with one another, but it's a call to action that as we see each other in hard times, that we eagerly keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace and we eagerly step out and Mm -hmm. say, how can I bear with you? Um, because I think we really need it. You know, one way that I've seen it happen through the ministry that I've been able to start building here as the, as the pastor of Multicultural Bridge Building were the Gracism Roundtables over the summer mm-hmm. as the height of tension, as the height of, of, of pain was uh, so apparent through our culture. Uh, we gathered together online uh, where we saw our community actively move toward each other to bear with one another through such unbelievable racial unrest. So we had over 17,000 people engaged in our uh, racism roundtable discussions over the summer as people were really trying to bear with each other and keep this unity of the spirit as everything else around us was trying to pull us apart. Wow, how about that? Bearing Bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. And I'm another. thinking of other passages that says we bear one another's burdens. And so, uh, wow, that's a, just an, another great insight of really what it means to be shepherds. You know, whether you're bearing with somebody in a hospital room or, uh, or bearing with somebody who's lost a loved one. And so, yeah, thank you for that. Well, Pastor Steve Hardnett, you've been engaged in, in ministry as well here. What are some of your reflections? Well, Pastor, I'll say that the grace of God and the mercy of God was seen throughout this year during the pandemic. And one of your messages that you shared about the uh, boat when the uh, storms came mm-hmm. and the disciples were frantic and running around trying to save themselves and wondering where was Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus came along and he calmed the storm. But the thing that stood out was not only were the believers on a boat saved, but the people around, the unbelievers, were also affected. So during the pandemics, uh, I had to check myself when I said, well, Lord, uh, thanks for saving me and keeping me safe, my family. But that same mercy, I want on others. And thank God that through the vaccination and through the uh, numbers coming down with the pandemic, unsaved people are being blessed too. And this mercy of God is to show the world that God loves everybody. And God's grace is on everyone. And God wants to heal anyone who will come. So I thank God that this one thing I learned. And uh, I'm joyful to see that many people are being blessed. So the prayers of the righteous, yes. the prayers of the righteous do avail much. How about that? Well, you know, we, uh, we're going to pivot here. And we're going to talk about uh, in the next couple of minutes before we close in prayer, Looking forward to this summer. You know, everybody kind of has a, a summer plan maybe or they're thinking about their summer plan. It's, it's, a, it's a different way to enter the summer now than it was last year. And so uh, as you think about your spiritual lives, as you think about uh, your summer plans, our clergy may have a couple of suggestions on how you can grow. And Pastor Dan, I'm thinking about you and how you might be able to help uh, our people uh, grow spiritually and sustain their walk this summer. Yeah, I think the word that I would use the most for this summer is be intentional and figure out what in the world you want to see come through by the end of the summer. What do you want to see accomplished and how do you intentionally engage your life to do it? And it could be something like 
learning to make your prayer life better or learning to read through the gospels for the summer, or it could even be a physical goal that you have to get yourself in a healthier space um, for the honor of God. So whatever you do this summer, um, I want you to have a goal that you're intentionally going after mm. so that by the end of the summer, you are ready, prepared to engage when our ministry year kicks off and you'll be a different person because of it. So I think that intentionality for the summer as I think is going to be really critical for all of us. Yeah, so being intentional. Um, do you have a summer reading plan or anything? If somebody wants to be intentional about a Bible study or something like that? Yeah, there's like that? A, actually going to be on our website a Bible reading plan uh, that people can get, and it's specifically uh, designed for just the summer, and then also some book suggestions if they want to do some oh, that's great. book reading as well. That's great. So they'll just go to our website, and it'll be up there yep. coming. On the blog? Yeah, if you go to our blog on our Bridgeway website, that's where you'll find Gotcha. It. So when you go to the Bridgeway website, there's something that says blog, yes. and you hit that, and then it'll be right there, just to make it real clear. All right, and, and that's there now, or it will be there? I believe it's there now. Okay, great. If it's not, uh, send us a little email and say, where's that blog thing, Bible thing, that they were talking about? Anybody else so far is uh, looking forward to the summer that might be able to equip and encourage our people? Any ideas? Uh, Minister Tracy. I think I just wanted to um, maybe, we, we love to say this, don't we, piggyback on what Pastor Dan said, but I think that is the word, um, to be intentional, because a lot of times we think of summer as an escape, right? We go on vacation, we get away from things uh, just to, to change it up. Now I'm really going to have fun and get away from the burden of my life, right? Um, I want to encourage people that uh, this summer, we, we've had enough escapism. We've been through a pandemic, you know, and, and people have resorted to all kinds of coping um, during the pandemic to deal with stress. I, I just, I feel that deeply for people, um, people turning to binge watching all kinds of stuff that's not good for you. It's just not. Um, eating all kinds of stuff that's not good for you. And, and yet we, we feel it, right? We're like, we don't know what to do, Lord. We don't know what to do. Help us. And he has helped us, and we're still here. And so for all of us that are still here, thank you, God, that we're still here. Let's be intentional this summer instead of trying to escape about uh, instead, what do I want my spiritual life to look like? The investment that you make in your relationship with Jesus is um, the most important thing that you will ever do. Really, like the time that you put into it. And you can't just have a relationship um, with God and grow closer to God just by kind of doing your own thing. Believe it or not, you need the word of God. You need the word of God to really get to know him. And I think a lot of people have been just kind of like, oh, I'm just out here doing my thing. I want to say, can I say this? Get your butts back in church. Mm. Come back to church and get back into the word of God. He is waiting he, is, he loves you like crazy. His arms are open wide. Draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. That's a promise. So, right. yeah. And there are some seats where people's backsides can be. Um, <laughs> right here in the Owens Mills Reisterstown campus, not in Columbia, but it will be come after the summer. Well, I want to go over to Pastor Eli as we're bringing this to a close. We are going to pray for you and for one another. But uh, Pastor Eli, as you think about looking forward in the summer and what your reflections are, uh, give us a final word from the clergy now. Well, you know, um, I've kind of been quiet thinking and thinking about everything. And what comes to my mind is prayer. Uh, 
right now, um, there's been a lot of times this summer where there's been a lot of people praying that they didn't even know they've been praying. You know, when we think about praying, it's just talking. And with, all, with everything that has happened these past couple uh, months or year, and what we're going into now, I, I believe that people's hearts are actually open. Uh, God's God got our attention. And um, this is our time for us to just pray. Even if you do not know what to say, even if you don't know um, how to express yourself to the Lord, just, just tell him what's in your heart. Um, just use the words that you have, you have, even if it's an R-rated version of it. It's not like he's surprised, of, he's surprised by it. He knows everything that's in your heart. Just take the time to express it to him, share it to him, and, and believe me that the Lord, the word says that, that if you seek him, you would find him. And he wants to be found, and he's reaching out his hands and his heart and his life to you um, and to all of us during this season. Pastor, if you would uh, just stand up and close us out in prayer before we throw it back to Pastor Mitchner. Pray for our congregation. Uh, pray for me this summer and pray for the rest of our clergy. If you would do that as a prayer over all of us and friends, as you uh, take the next couple of minutes and I, I'm going to ask you to just, just maybe lift your hands up and really take a moment to put the coffee down or whatever as Pastor Eli prays for us, prays over us. I want this prayer to come right technologically and digitally into your hearts. And so let's, let's pause our minds and our hearts for a second and open our spirits to the living God. Pastor Eli. God, there is somebody sitting at home right now who is wondering what to say, is wondering what to do, is confused, is scared. It's, Lord, there's somebody right now who just needs to talk to you, Lord, and I just pray that you may just reach out your heart, your hands, your love, your compassion, that you may just completely saturate them with your blessings, dear Lord, that you may just reach out to them, dear Lord, and draw them closer to you, dear God. Look at everybody's situation, regardless of what it is. There are so many uh, situations of, of diverse, a diversity of issues and pains and sufferings and situations in people's lives, dear God, but you are the God that meets all of them. There is nothing impossible for you, dear God. Your word says that what is impossible for man is possible for God, and so now I just pray that you may just manifest that possibility over people's lives who was watching us, us watching us out right now, dear God. God, I pray for our pastor, our, our Dr. Uh, David Anderson, dear God. Thank I pray, you, dear Lord, that yes, give him traveling mercies and whatever he's doing. Yes, give him restoration and give him strength and peace during this time, dear Lord. But God, I also pray, dear God, that you may just manifest yourself with might and with power and with yes, power Lord. deep Thank in his you, soul, dear God. Give him new words. Give him new inspiration. Give him new revelation, dear God. Give him a, a supernatural strength. Bless him, dear God. Bless his family, dear God. Bless his comings and his goings, dear Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is nothing that you can do, dear Lord. And God, we pray for all of us, the remaining clergy here at this house that's going to be holding things down while he's gone, dear Lord. God, I pray that you may give us the wisdom, the insights, the, the, the comfort, dear Lord, the words, dear God, as we teach and we preach your word, dear Lord. We just pray, dear God, that you may give us the ability to connect with people's hearts regardless of where they're at, dear Lord. There is nothing impossible for you. And we place everything in your hands, dear God, knowing mm. that whatever we ask for in prayer, believing in our heart, it will 
be done. Mm. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done. Thank you, God, for everything that you're doing. And thank you, God, for everything that you're about to do. It's in your holy name that we prayed, Jesus Christ. Amen.